1: Welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hampler from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of SmackDown on Fox. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. Complete with a money quiz, of course. On WrestleCulture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to tonight's episode of SmackDown. And I've got to say, Michael Hamflit, I was a lot more jazzed about this episode when we chatted about it yesterday afternoon. Today, I really can't be asked if I'm perfectly honest. Apologies.
2: Yeah, um, normally we talk about things like Fallout from WrestleMania or the things that we really loved about the show uh, that we were looking forward to seeing followed up on. Especially because Raw did such a minging job of all of that, and yet the whole day is under a cloud yet again. Um, it was a uh, last year it was Black Wednesday, this year it was Black Thursday. The date being the same is disgusting. We should probably dictate more time to that on a longer form podcast, eh? Um, whilst trying to park that up to one side though and preview this show, it's really hard to just lock back in to the product when yet more people in a pandemic by the company that is making more money than it's ever made, have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we are being asked tonight to try and emotionally invest in all these pretend stories. But it's, yet again, a day for the real ones.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned there, we should talk about this in more detail. We will, of course, be dealing with it. We'll be chatting about it on Culture later on, myself, uh, Phil and Nicholas. And, uh, yeah, myself and Alfred are going to sit down later on today and record a longer-form chat uh, about these releases that's going to be out as a podcast tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for that one. I, I know, and I know I'm biased. You know, it's it hits harder when one of your favorite wrestlers uh, gets released. But I don't think I'm alone in saying that Billy Kay was one of the highlights of WrestleMania 37. And yeah, obviously releasing Peyton Royce, releasing Samoa Joe, releasing all the people they've got rid of. Like, like you say, that they don't need to. These budget cuts. Are, it, I really have to try and stop myself from swearing because it's today, because it's just a load of bollocks, isn't it? Like you say, record profits, still, you know, ongoing global pandemic, raging, and yet they're doing this. Um but yes, especially Billy, for example, who is someone we would revisit on on these podcasts on a regular basis of like, oh, what are they gonna do with her? And we were fantasy booking, I mean, last week. Her to win the tag titles with with Bailey or with Peyton or with Carmella or with whoever. She comes out. She's arguably the best thing about that tag team turmoil match. And now inexplicably, WWE after they inexplicably split the best female tag team of all time, have now gotten rid of her and of course gotten rid of Peyton Royce.
2: Yeah, that's what goals of it, isn't it? With Billy Kay, um, as you say, we'll make sure to give ample time to everybody on other podcasts but yeah it, we would talk about the things that WW.com had kindly provided when we would preview these smackdowns and yet we could talk about billy Kay without needing anything she wasn't always the um her angles weren't always the focus of what was happening on smackdown but she somehow kept herself in the conversation um even more so than peyton royce who of course cut that impassioned speech on raw talk the other week billy Kay actually had something that was happening on screen rather than not being able to get on screen in the first place. People invested in her campaign to find a tag manager. Look, nobody is ever, nobody is gonna say, certainly not with credibility, say that um, Billy Kay was the best, like, in-ring performer on the books. But, you know, she had what WWE allegedly want more than in-ring now, which is like superstar charisma, which is a sense of humor. Christ, they've all got to be so bloody funny these days. And so few of them are delivering WWE scripted comedy. She mastered that really early on, to be honest, she mastered that and then has just perfected it ever since. Um, And could apply that to what was happening with the iconic split was that what you were seeing was that unfortunately for Peyton Royce, wrestling acumen does matter less. Billy Kay was finding a bit more television time, was finding a way to apply her character to other characters on the show in a way that Peyton Royce wasn't because Billy Kay brought more of the comedy in the original version of the Iconics. Uh, and it just, all the releases are shocking. Some are surprising, some are just shocking because it's nasty and it feels unnecessary. Um, but Billy Kay's, in particular, when you when you dump people like this so soon after something like a WrestleMania, what it must do for their confidence or their mental health or their self belief, I, I like I really don't want to consider it. Like I, I shouldn't like the, the billion dollar company shouldn't be making its fans worry for the welfare of some some of its superstars. You know, we're talking about a show that happened six days ago in WrestleMania seven. I guess if we're being picky, when the women were on the show, um, when the tag team turmoil match happened, but just Billy Kay in particular, and everybody, it's been released here. Loads of them featured on the WrestleMania card in some capacity or another, and now they're gone. And it just doesn't seem feasible that you could even be in that position. You know, some people, some Mark Journo's or some like hardcores are probably going to suggest that they wanted to give them one last payday. I'm sure a lot of the wrestlers would have thrown that money back in the face if they'd known what was going to happen to them a few days later. It's just, it's just, it's never not ugly. And it's
1: almost like it's, you know, you have to park it to one side to get back to talking about the fiction of the pro wrestling. It's almost impressive how WWE can screw up the good feeling that they have sometimes from fans. Hmm. You know, they, they maybe do a nice gesture or something like that. Or the perfect example is of course, putting on two nights of, sensational wrestlemania and then following it up with that raw and then the <laughs> announcements and the fact yeah. it's the year to the day i mean oh anyway will we'll talk more about this as i said uh, on another podcast that'll be out tomorrow but uh, we'll we'll really let loose on that if that's a bit of a teaser let's look ahead to tonight's smackdown though because as i said yesterday i was bouncing off the walls genuinely contemplating staying up and watching it because i can't wait to see the genuine wrestlemania fallout as you alluded to uh we've got a new uh, smackdown women's champion we've got an incredibly dominant universal champion we've got title matches tonight and we've got a man I have literally never seen before, a mystery man who helped Apollo Cruz. We'll get into all that in due course. But yeah, uh, unquestionably, SmackDown won WrestleMania and is highly anticipated tonight, Hamlet.
2: I think so. I think so. Or like I <laughs> say, it was until, for twenty-four hours. Um, yeah, I think uh, the the Roman Reigns thing. Let's like maybe do that first. The what was so brilliant about the, the WrestleMania match and especially the finish. Was that the triple threat? When it was finally announced, it was a divisive decision, I think. Um, but a lot of people in the in predictions, and I was asking people what their thoughts were on WrestleMania finishes and stuff at the weekend. A lot of people genuinely believed that Daniel Bryan wasn't inserted into the match to win it, which is what I thought, but was inserted in it to take the pin for Edge. To give Edge an out as to why oh well I've been screwed out my title opportunity here, um it would spin off into Edge versus Daniel Bryan until Edge can get back to the universe all that sort of stuff. It, no Roman pinned them both. He stacked them up like pieces of shit and he pinned them both. Mm-hmm. Like what a committed conclusion that match that was. And um, we saw two concertos in an era where WWE have like rightfully banned full on chair shots to the head, but the mimicking yeah. of one super effective. Now in the era where we don't get them at all and you get two that the concerto came back. On one night and became a new punt, didn't it? Yes, because Ryan laid out the whole time and Edge as good as laid out after the fact. Um, so you've just established Roman somehow as an even more dominant and even more dangerous threat to this roster. Um, my gut feeling is that WrestleMania backlash is code word for WrestleMania rematches, and we're gonna get possibly the Edge Roman singles match at backlash. I would I could foresee them having Edge and Brian sit out this show tonight and Roman basically look across his kingdom and see no challenges awaiting beat up one of the other roster members just because like pick a baby, like Nakamura or something, pick a baby face and just batter him in a, a singles exhibition or more just an exhibition of his ability. Let Jey Uso do the dirty work of the actual match um, and just have yet yeah, have Roman and Paul Heyman toast, Roman and Paul Heyman for the night yeah. let let that be the story for this evening um, and then eventually yeah I, I kind of think they'll do I kind of think they'll get to Roman Edge as the singles match for Backlash seems like yes they were both stacked up and pinned with, with like real conviction um, but I just kind of think they'll have more they'll see more to this with Edge specifically
1: yeah and I think it's it's you know we were booking we were, when we are talking about right, previewing it, saying it's genuinely tough to call, but maybe Brian wins and maybe Brian pins Edge and Roman's saved by all that. But arguably, despite how, you know, Roman Reigns looks, like you say, incredibly, arguably more dominant than ever. you go going to SmackDown saying, can anyone stop Roman Reigns? But also, Edge and Daniel Bryan do have scope to say, I should be universal champion. Like Edge had, I think, Roman beat and Daniel Bryan pulls the referee out of the ring or something like that. Brian obviously tapped out Roman previous. I I, I just think it is genuinely a pretty masterful piece of booking. And, yeah, unquestionably, uh, you know, we moan for years about 20-minute opening promos. That's what I want tonight. I want that show to start and him to come out, Roman Reigns, and be unbearable because he's earned it.
2: Now you say it, I wonder, could they run the whole triple threat back? There's mm-hmm. really good energy about that main event at WrestleMania. Um, people would probably want to see it again. And they did this exact thing in 2004 with Chris Benoit, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. People love that match at WrestleMania 20. So they ran it back at Backlash the next month. And Benoit won again. The champion won again as if to consolidate his victory and to make it appear as if, well, anyone that hadn't could lay any claims, I've put them to bed. Mm-hmm. They could do this here. Imagine Roman pinning them stacked up again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've seen a little bit online about um, Edge staking a claim because he was technically pinning Daniel Bryan in the stack. I wouldn't touch that. Let's not deal with... No, come on. Let's not deal with stupid technicalities. One man has controlled the situation and it wasn't the one in the middle that was knocked out. Um, And I just think it would undermine the fact that, like, if they're going to go all the way with this Edge heel character, which after the cheers he got in Tampa, maybe they shouldn't, but if they're going to go all the way with Edge as a heel you can't have him looking for those kind of, he's got to have a little bit more about himself than to just kind of claim victory by being completely knocked out. It's not 2005 anymore. Um, But yeah, maybe they'll they'll as you say with Brian, maybe they will just do the triple threat again and few would complain. Mm -hmm. Um, It does does mean that the WrestleMania backlash headline is identical to WrestleMania, but then that's why it's in the branding or something. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, let's talk about uh, one person who did leave WrestleMania as a new champion, and that was Bianca Belair in well the match of the weekend probably. What's next for her? What's next for her? What's next for Sasha Banks? Because again, I mean, we know, but I'd be more than happy for them to turn around and go Belair Banks again at WrestleMania Backlash. Because what's next yeah. is WrestleMania Backlash, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I some very favourable comparisons have been made to um and not without merit either to uh. Sasha Banks versus Bailey from Brooklyn, um, for Sasha and Bianca at WrestleMania, it was it was that good, it was that uh, powerful a contest. And what did they do with Sasha and Bailey at Brooklyn? They ran it back in an Iron Woman match, thirty minutes, please. Um, oh, hour if you want, I'll take the hour. But they tend to go thirty minutes with Iron Man matches now. Um, thirty minutes, WrestleMania Backlash, Bianca goes over again, three two. Um, whips her on the other side to give her a matching scar uh, <laughs> it, yeah let's have that let's have some of that I like all sort of flippancy aside about rematches and about just going back to the well I actually think there's more story to be told here because the story as we saw in that video package where Reginald was forever out like was forever taken out of the angle when you watch that match back through the prism of the WrestleMania video package. Apparently, it was all about their competitive fire and ability, Wilbon, I don't remember previewing that for eight weeks, but apparently that was what happened. Maybe make this four-week period about competitive fire and ability and give us a rematch.
1: Yeah, I love that booking. If they don't do that, considering how much we talked about her over the weekend and her sporadic appearances, crowbarring her in as they did, could you see, and maybe this is just because you've mentioned Triple H, Shawn Michaels and Chris Benwell from WrestleMania 20. Could you see Bailey being inserted in there?
2: Uh, I don't know. It, it, yes, because they could just go for the quick route and just look for somebody that can continue to establish Bianca as the like the top star on SmackDown.
1: It's convoluted, she, isn't it? But you could easily see Sasha coming out and going, I want a rematch. And then the age old, you go to the back of the line sort of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, like it's it is it's a bit lazy, um. But Bailey is kind of by being ostracized from WrestleMania, she's she could probably come out and talk about that and talk about what that felt like when she was watching the match from the stands rather than being in the ring herself as the greatest SmackDown Women's Champion ever. How dare you to take that moment from me? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, you could get there, um, and they might see it as the quick win to continue in the establishing Bianca Belair as the as the undisputed star of this brand as the champion um so they could they could absolutely go down that route i'd, I'd be inclined to sit back on that one personally i think mm-hmm. there's more i honestly think there's more juice in the fruit with sasha banks um and the bailey match is certainly something worthy of a bigger pay-per-view
1: yeah, than wrestlemania you can definitely definitely make an event a pay-per-view with it yeah i, I agree um and who knows? Yeah, i have got money in the bank. I'm so excited. We're doing that next week. We're talking about potential money in the bank winners because I'm getting jazzed about this every time I talk about it. Um, but yeah, maybe Bailey comes out and says, if I couldn't wrestle on WrestleMania, I'll wrestle on WrestleMania. Back backlash. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that. There's gonna be a lot of that. Can you
2: imagine if they make a sign pointing at the oh, backlash?
1: Like they did with the, what was it? The, the, what did they do? Great American Bash with just WrestleMania and then a little sticker that says Backlash.
2: <laughs> you will be watching the wrestling show, Mr. Backlash. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about some of the matches we've got to look forward to tonight. Uh, A match that inexplicably wasn't on WrestleMania weekend. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships. They were defended last week, of course, in a fatal four-way by the Dirty Dogs. uh, Even though Michael Cole can't remember their name half the time. The Top Dogs or the Dirty Dogs? Which one is it, Michael? Get your together. Hey, I wonder how they're going to edit together that finish, actually, now I've remembered it. Of Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. One of the
2: worst calls ever. Oh, it's up there with Matt Stryker saying, Cena's free! Only for Michael Cole to be like, Cena's fired. <laughs> Straight afterwards. <laughs> Survivor Series 2010 with your, your friend Wade Barrett. Um, Yeah, not great. Like, uh, Michael Cole's got the hardest job in wrestling. Blah, 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 um, Announces Jim Ross talks about all the time not wanting to know what the finish is. So he can feel... So the emotion can feel authentic. I assume that's the case with Michael Cole. And maybe like a pro, he watches the monitors and the camera doesn't stop moving every five seconds. So he was confused himself as to what yeah. actually happened. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Not good night. No. Um, he'll probably have better ones. This is, uh, less interesting than it was seven days ago. I've got to be honest. Um, I didn't mind that fatal four way on, uh, here we go again on WrestleMania SmackDown <laughs> and just, yeah. WrestleMania world um, WrestleMania, I didn't mind that much on WrestleMania SmackDown, but, um, <laughs> It was wrestled with the understandably so energy of eight men that were just told they're not going to be on WrestleMania. Yes, yeah, exactly. Is that the kind of way I can put it. The finish was very television instead of pay per view. The work was a little bit more pedestrian than it perhaps would have been in front of the first crowd in one year, one month, and one day. That's uh, that's got to be a bit of a heartbreak out of that taken off you uh, a week's notice. Um, so it, my sort of interest has dwindled subsequently. I will say right. Um, and this is not sort of in defense of WWE or anything, but it is about time that WrestleMania became more about the prestige again and not everybody getting a turn. Yeah. Um, you could thus have debates all day about what matches belonged on that card and what didn't. And that's probably not the time for that. Um, maybe the tag match was one of those. So maybe this is one of those situations where they've got to look at that and think, do we need to be in a better spot? But then Vincent Man hates tag teams. So does it really follow the rest of themselves that the genre that he despises can't make it onto the show? Um, yeah i'm just i feel i feel the hype that we were putting into the match happening at wrestlemania suddenly disappeared when you saw it on television and maybe we were kind to the booking maybe we've been kind to just the matches to matches to build matches chemistry between they've been good but has there been any storytelling not really this feels an extension of it and the fact we're getting this plus another singles version of this on the same show has made me lose faith that there's particularly any direction for any of these acts
1: Just just do a fatal four-way ladder match at WrestleMania Backlash. You should have done it at WrestleMania. Do a Backlash. That's when you put the titles on the Street Profits. They're, of course, as I should have said, fighting Ziggler and Rude tonight. Mm. And I think it's going to be a win for the Street Profits, but not a title change.
2: Yeah. um, The Street Profits are not. For whatever reason, after holding the belts for so, so long, in the pandemic era, no less, I, I just get the feeling... And it'll come back around again for them um, because they're just too like full of that youthful energy that WWE so desperately lacks. It will come back around again for them. But I got the feeling that by the end of the Street Profits reign, like Vince McMahon himself had gotten bored of the act. Mm. Just for for wherever there was that act peaked at some point, uh, their boss had become a little bit tired of it. Did you ever find out who poisoned him? No. Um, It was... It was implied it was uh, Zelina Vega, wasn't it, or that she had one, like one of the guys from her stable had something to do with it, if I remember correctly. I don't know, maybe it was the same person that um, knocked out John Moxley or stole Shack out of an ambulance. A <laughs> uh, balance, balance happens on every show, um, so, I uh, not great. I just, I just I don't care anymore, and I think I was caring because I was wanting to. Wanting to care for a WrestleMania match more than I would want to care about these two teams. It's kind of pulled the curtain back on all of this for me, to be honest.
1: I don't know. I still, I'm still quite invested in this. I enjoyed the match last week. I thought it was the right decision. And, yeah, I'll happily watch these four teams go at it again and again and again in, in various uh, guises. It's not the same as the tag division on like AEW, for example. It's very different in terms of the way I'm consuming it. But I'm, I'm here for it. And like I said, I think <laughs> title match on the show after WrestleMania, all you need to know what happens in that is watch what happened in Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. I don't think we're getting a proper finish. I think, like I said, Street Profits win via shenanigans, i.e. DQ or something for the duty Dogs. But, hey, they, they hold their necks. They walk up the ramp. Oh, we're still champs, though, baby. All that bollocks. Uh And,
2: yeah. I know you're going well, born. I know you're when you're saying, you know, I still want to watch all these combinations of matches. I know that you're thinking as long as this continues to happen, Rey Mysterio is at one point going to be sat on his son's shoulders. I, I, I know that. He Let's not pretend it's anything again. otherwise.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of Rey Mysterio, he is facing Otis tonight. Quite the roller coaster Otis has been on recently, uh, with obviously Tucker being released too. I think he's going to eat some more poop tonight. I think they're going to be like, double whammy for you. One of your best friends has been released and you're getting pinned by Rey Mysterio.
2: Yeah, agree. Um, look, they've put them in a singles match. Uh, I could honestly see Otis losing and then Chad Gable chastising him and one of the commentators saying, is there trouble in the Alpha Academy? Because oh, they've been together for like three months and that's way too long for WWE tag team to coexist. But like, they've got to start falling out with each other. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think Mysterio wins. I don't know. I just, like I say, I feel really down on this tag division all of a sudden. I'm, I'm struggling to see. We've done the match. Uh, Ziggler and Rude have retained. They could well argue that they don't need to fight any of these teams ever again. They will have to, obviously, but they should—they should argue oh, we've done them all. Like I don't want to deal with these. And then you've got this and Chad versus the Mysterios as a spinoff. Like the match—a straight-up tag match between these two at WrestleMania Backlash—holds intrigue. You know, Chad Gable getting a rare pay-per-view opportunity to really show off on a Sunday without advertising breaks. Um, give me a story though. Have Otis and have Otis and Chad be Seth Rollins, Murphy levels of cruel to Dominic. Yeah. Because Dominic has become so quickly like a normal member of the roster that they've stopped trying to get him sympathy as Mysterio's son. He's been doing this like less than a year, but WWE has this ability to normalize guys so much that you're like, oh yeah, there's Dominic. He's probably got a 20 and six record. I wonder what his amateur background is. Did he spend four <laughs> years in the performance center? Hey, guy knows the hard camera. Like, it was only last summer that he was tied to the ropes and having his back welted up with a kendo stick. He was like a it was like, and I, again maybe I'm appealing to a ghoulish side here, it felt like they were beating up a child. I know Dominic's an adult, but the whole idea was is that if you're a like I, I felt like I was being told a story as a father. Imagine that these have got one of your sons in the ring and they're just decking him. It felt like that was the story they were trying to tell through Rey Mysterial's eyes, or as it was at the time, I um and since then, he's become like generic wrestler six. Yeah, like, you no, know, maybe he'll be on the, the WW2K22 roster. I can't <laughs> wait. I just, yeah, remind me again that he's kind of a little bit out of his depth, and a guy like Otis could really do some damage to a kid like that.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're right. Do you know, I think they're going to try and have their cake and eat it too because it's like you say, it's inexplicable that they didn't capitalise on the, the Mysterio family WrestleMania moment, but instead they're just going to have Ray in the build to next month uh, put his arm around him and say Dom, listen son, I've got some great WrestleMania backlash memories we look at my <laughs> history of WrestleMania backlash I, uh, I've had some some quality stuff and uh, and that's that's the build, but yeah just do just a Ladder match, what's th- what's the problem? I, I realize I'm the same person who moaned about too many ladder matches, and we're gonna have a ladder match and then a money in the bank pay per view. But it's such an open goal.
2: I, d- I imagine a heel coming out and saying, uh, I'm sick of this, I haven't been given my opportunity. I want to end the Undertaker's WrestleMania backlash streak. They <laughs> go back and just erase the time the Undertaker lost at backlash. Although this has never been called WrestleMania Backlash, so it's zero and zero. And they say they want to end his uh, WrestleMania Backlash streak. That's a a good opportunity.
1: Note to self. podcast called, Could This Be The Best WrestleMania Backlash Ever? (laughs) It's time. Right, let's look over some of the other stuff that happened at WrestleMania, how that's going to be followed up. Let's start with Cesaro. Hmm... Um, you Say it like that because
2: for years we've been saying it like that to kind of gently mock how much the internet really wants Cesaro to get further than he can do when he is not in the company where he can get further than he can do. Cesaro gets handsomely paid to be the guy he is, regardless of if we all want him to wear more important title belts. Um, he works, he gets paid off, he gets paid that handsome wage off Vince McMahon. So, um, maybe this is the time. <laughs> maybe this is the time if it's not the time. I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to even have my heart broken because it is deadened to the idea. I really, really went all in on Cesaro at WrestleMania 30. I was uneasy by his association with Paul Heyman 24 hours later. And I was done and dusted with it about a month after that. So I refused to kind of emotionally invest in the Cesaro singles push ever again. I would just be happy with the snatches of quality work that I got. And that's indeed what Seth Rollins and Cesaro was, was a piece of quality work. Um, that certainly doesn't need the WrestleMania backlash rematch. No, sirree. Um, It doesn't need uh, another go around. There should be a feeling of conclusivity about uh, Cesaro's victory over Seth, lest you dilute it, lest you make it seem like he was lucky on one night and then can't get it done every week. you got to move him on. I, you pitched this, I think, on a different podcast. And the more I started to think about it, as quick as it's coming around, the more it might make sense. I think you very gently insert Cesaro into the Roman Reigns conversation. Yep. Maybe not maybe not for right now, but for quite soon. Mm-hmm. Um, have Roman Reigns basically lord over the SmackDown roster. Nobody can touch him. Absolutely nobody. He put the two top babyfaces to bed at WrestleMania with ease. Yeah. They can have one more run at him. And in the meantime, like just have Cesaro pass comment on that promo later on in the show. Just have him put an interview where he says something like, I heard what Roman Reigns said. And I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Um, I think I can take him down. But then before he gets to follow up on that thought, he finds himself dragged into a feud with the heel for a month. He has one more feud with the heel, but he's at least name dropped Roman Reigns. And and the idea becomes, well, how dare you do that? This is the tribal chief. And that the message gets back to Roman via Paul Heyman stirring or something like that. And it's just left out there to dangle that Cesaro has at least said out loud. I'm not scared of him. And then you revisit that in a month or something.
1: Yes, Roman Reigns versus Cesaro for the Universal Championship needs to happen at Money in the Bank, in my opinion. Uh, And uh, well, I hope they do well with him tonight because we've talked about what's next in a podcast that's coming out over this weekend. And it could all be for naught if they change everything (laughs) tonight. So good luck, everyone. Please don't screw this one up, WWE. But like you say, that's where they need to be in June. In the interim, just keep him... Spinning people, doing that mad UFO thing and, mm. uh, yeah, getting victories. And, yeah, I, I I scan this WrestleMania card and just go, oh, yeah, it's really really easy piece of booking. Just have Cesaro beat Sami Zayn at the next pay-per-view because Sami Zayn can face anyone because he's just bonkers and conspiracy theories, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what you do with Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins. Maybe maybe you book something for once, WWE, man. I'd rather me having to, us having to do it for you. But, yeah. Cesaro says, I want to face Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn says, oh, conspiracy bollocks. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, never mind all that. What about bloody Logan Paul? Mm-hmm. Match it.
2: I bought, I bought Logan Paul to WrestleMania and all people want to talk about is you. Yeah. yeah, again, the conspiracy is working against Sami Zayn and you're off.
1: Yeah, sometimes really easy. I don't know what they do with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Let us know your thoughts on that on Twitter, at WhatCultureWW. But yeah, Cesaro wants to face Roman, gets there eventually in June in the interim have him have a match of the night contender with Sami Zayn because yeah, love it. Sami Zayn with his lovely flowing locks he can look great getting spun around as well. So there you go. Let's <laughs> conclude uh, with the Intercontinental Championship title picture. They did put the title on Apollo Cruz. They got that right. Uh, but they did it in the Nigerian drum fight in seven minutes, which is kind of disappointing, although it was a screwy finish. It doesn't really matter if it went seven or 70 minutes. It was always going to get a bit of a negative reaction. Um, but yeah, Intriguing to see how they follow this up with uh, Big E's reaction to it, Apollo Cruz, you know, getting that championship, he's fought and fought and fought and fought for. And the uh, introduction of this new character I've never seen before, who slightly reminds me of Babatunde and Dabakato, and he's now apparently called Commander Aziz, which is a name I kind of love, if I'm
2: honest. Shout out to Andy Murray for noting that he's had more names than he's had televised matches yes. on the WWE roster. Big fan of that factoid. Um... Yeah, uh, I think I'll take a victory lap for correctly predicting that Dabakato would return to help his friend at WrestleMania. Uh, we'll just leave the prediction there. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it was weird, but then I think it was you told me on a podcast that there's some... Um, is
1: there some Nigerian heritage? In, I think it's um, half Polish, half Nigerian, if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
2: Great, I'll take it. It's far more continuity than WWE applied to half the stuff, so I'll have that. Um, and I will also take that there is an... an look at us idiots as usual, trying to apply logic to WWE storylines. We're like, Paul <laughs> rooms, I mean, he'd have thought it. Um, Apollo Cruz lost over and over and over again to Big E. So he, WWE presenters with Chekhov's drum, only it's not Chekhov's drum because they don't even go back to it at the end and use it. They just sit there. But like he, he in storyline, in canon, he books a match to distract Big E from the bigger picture. The so Nigerian drum fight, it's a street fight. We can batter each other thinking that that's how he's going to win this title because he's lost over and over again. He thinks I'm going to bring weapons into it. He wasn't bringing weapons into it. He was bringing Commander Aziz. It, like Big E was completely wrong footed by the presence of Commander Aziz. Um, so fine. Like I will take that. Like Cruz, Cruz did learn something from his losses. He learned that he couldn't beat Big E. And he learned from his one chat with Roman Reigns, get help. Yep. You know, I, I, I'm I'm probably doing the work for them here, if I'm honest. But like, you can you can piece this together if you wish. And for the purposes of this preview, I will wish. Um, promo though, uh, I I wouldn't have. Uh, you maybe do Biggie in a, in an attempt to win it back, but I I don't think I need much more of this story. No, I think I you're think right. Biggie can complain rightfully so. <laughs> complain a babyface complain. Biggie can suggest that. Uh, Commander Aziz was the difference maker he shouldn't complain Babyface should never complain I completely retract that but he should suggest that you know like Commander Aziz uh, like good one I'll give you that one but now I know he's around I think I can beat you next time mm. and then he doesn't he doesn't get it done Um, and that's that like let's I think let's let's move on from this let's like try and establish Apollo Crews in it a, a the champion let's try and quietly have Big E lose upwards from this feud he's got to be a favourite money in the bank if he's going into that Um yeah, they'll probably address it. It'll, there'll probably be some bounce back from Big E tonight, but I'd, that's probably going to have to be short-term stuff. I, I don't need much more of this feud. Like, I was, we joked about how many times they'd wrestled before WrestleMania, but you kind of had one opportunity to put the belt on Cruz, and they took it
1: mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. Um, it, they, we don't need much more of these two now. No, exactly. Uh, we know WWE people listen to this podcast. Please, please stop Vince if he starts suggesting a Nigerian championship celebration, because that, that tightrope you're walking with this character, there's a good chance you fall off if you do something like that, of just the, the oh, really problematic stuff that we're all being concerned about at the moment Apollo's accent change, let's just say. I'd, ro- I'd genuinely rather Big E cut some promo, because he could actually probably get something like this over, saying, <laughs> Commander Aziz, more like you take a commander D's nuts. I don't know, but it could work.
2: <laughs> Once again, I find myself quietly relieved that it's Phil and Gareth that have to unpack this on a Saturday rather
1: than me and you. Yeah, this this podcast, the hospital passer podcast. There you go, boys. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's not even it's not even going think Gareth's off tomorrow. Paul Phil's gonna have to tackle this on his bloody own. Oh well. I love, that. I love the
2: implication that by doing this preview, there's this sort of idea that like. Right then, Phil, review it because uh, we got across it in the preview rather than, we talked absolutely for 20 minutes about a bunch of wrestlers that we don't even know are going to fight each other because the preview is not clear.
1: Like, I mean, we've covered it. It's down to you now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not our fault. There you go. Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> Walk all wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Daily Wrestling Podcast, including the SmackDown review tomorrow, covering everything we've just covered. That's what they do. They take a list there you of... There go, Phil.
2: Make some, make some lemonade out of these rotten apples we've just given you. <laughs>
1: Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What WWE. Well, I say, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what WWE.
2: Wilborn, before we go, I want to say this to your face rather than say it on Twitter and to in people's ears. Thank you for the last uh, WrestleMania week, which by my count is about 11 days. <laughs> i spoke to you about this goddamn product for about 11 days in a row. Thank you for the prep. Thank you for the editing when the Wi-Fi's gone down and the stuff that people don't realise or do here. Um, yes, on behalf of everybody listening, I wanted to say that because you've carried my ass through these things as usual, and I love you, but I do not want to talk to wrestling, talk about wrestling to you for like about three days, mate. Yeah. So I say that with the utmost respect. Yeah, the feeling. This me. period is over for another year. <laughs> um, I enjoy joking about the backlash, but I literally wouldn't want one. I need a few days away from you.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, It's going to be a wrestling-free zone for a few days, I think, our back and forth. It's going to be more chatting about classic British TV shows as we do. Uh, If only (laughs) you can hear those chats that we have outside of it all.
2: 5.01pm, it's just going, Rocket League! (laughs) The DMs (laughs) screaming Rocket League at each other.
1: But yes, uh, no, thank you uh, for all your your help and support as well. Uh, I couldn't do this without you and, and the rest of the guys at What Culture, the, the Michael Sidgwick, the Phil Chambers, Adam Cleary, Adam Nicholas, Gareth Morgans. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Andy Murray's, of course, of this world. Um, and thank you guys for all your help and support uh, and uh, lovely messages over the last couple of weeks. It's been a wild, wild time, like you say. Um, but it's been, it's been great fun, and uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't change it for the world. But make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. As I said, me and Hampton will be doing a deep dive into the WWE releases tomorrow uh, and talking about what's next ahead for WWE after WrestleMania. Really hoping that it's none of those talking points are ruined by SmackDown tonight, basically. <laughs> Uh, And of course, the Smackdown review tomorrow. Good luck, boys. Right, uh, this has been the Smackdown preview. My thanks to Michael Hafford. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.